Welcome to Tarang, a community of teachers and students from various wellness backgrounds, sharing their journey and their experiences to help elevate your practice. Our guest this week is Stacy Conley. Stacy and her husband John owned and operated the Austin Marathon for many years. Stacy grew up not doing any kind of exercise at all. It wasn't until several years after she married John that her fitness journey began. She traveled around the world attending other marathons and had participated in a few 5Ks, but her heart was never into it till she did her first marathon in Honolulu and has not looked back since. She has traveled to Estonia and Thailand to talk at Global Running Summit to encourage women's participation in running and is a founding member of the AIMS Women's Commission, whose charter is to increase women's running worldwide. Hey Stacey, welcome to our podcast on Tarang Asheville. We are so excited to hear all about your fitness journey. Thanks, Vanita. I'm excited to be here with you today. Us too. Uh, so I know you have had like a little love-hate relationship with exercising. So can you tell us how your personal exercise has evolved over the years? Well, yes, I would love to. Um, so growing up, I did not do any kind of exercise at all. And um, I was okay with that. And I thought I was relatively healthy and I was pretty thin, so I just assumed that that meant that I was healthy and in shape and fit. And so I never felt the need to exercise. And then I um, met and started dating my boyfriend who is now my husband, John, and he is a lifetime runner and athlete. And he never pressured me to start exercising um, but eventually I just, I felt the need. I thought it would, might be a good idea to start exercising. And that was when John told me he was going to get me a personal trainer for my birthday. And I was so offended and was like, that's the rudest gift anyone's ever offered me. I can't believe it. <laughs> But um, I actually joining a gym and realized I didn't know how to use any of the equipment. So I talked to someone about um, starting with a personal trainer and I trained with uh, that trainer for almost seven years. And um, when I started with her, that was the beginning of my fitness journey. Mm, mm. Yeah, you know, you're so right. Like a lot of people who show up in the gym sometimes have no idea how to use the machine. So um, in a way, we're glad that John got you the gift, right? Oh, oh, yes. Looking back now, I am so glad because it absolutely changed my life. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it improved my life and just did wonders. I mean... Every morning I wake up and, and it, it's still a little bit of a struggle to get going. But once I'm out there and I'm moving my body, um, 
it's wonderful. And um, now that I live in Asheville, I uh, have a new trainer who I've trained with now for three years and I absolutely love her. And we're doing it over Zoom right now. Um, and, you know, like this morning when I, I went on a very wet, cold walk at home and as John always says, um, put in the work and I put in the work and I did it and a good accomplished feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, for someone who is just kind of embarking on their fitness journey, just about uh, starting out, what's the best advice you can give them? What would you tell them works or doesn't work? Well, um, I would tell them that there are so many different options for exercising um, that there's really no excuse for anybody to say, well, I don't like that. Because if you don't like running, then try walking. If you don't like walking, then try hiking. If you don't like Pilates, then try bar. You know, if you don't like bar, then, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. And there's so many options. As long as you're moving your body, that's the most important part. You don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the fittest. Uh, you know, good, you're doing good for your body and you're improving your lifestyle. And yeah, so anyway, I, I say, if you don't like it, just try something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There are so many things to pick from. And sometimes, you know, working with a group always motivates you rather than just, it might not be a one-on-one -on -one thing that works for some person. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, how has exercise affected you personally, Stacy? I feel accomplished and healthy and, um, it, you know, I, I struggle with um, depression and anxiety and I feel like um, exercise has helped that a ton. Um, and I mean, I can't think of anything negative that has happened to me since um, it's been, it's been positive. Yeah. So now can we spend some time uh, talking about the Austin Marathon? Um, as I know, a lot of our listeners would like to know more about it, you know, as to what goes into organizing such a huge event. So can you share with our listeners about uh, when, when you owned uh, Austin Marathon, how many years you owned it? Okay, I, um, the, the Austin Marathon began as the Motorola Marathon. Um, and I, it started in 1992. At, at the time, employees were encouraged to volunteer for the race. So I started volunteering in 1992 and John was hired to be the race director in 1998. And um, I continued volunteering and then I became an employee of the event in 2002. And then uh, John and I acquired the event in 2007 and we sold it in 2017. So um, our, our relationship, John's and my relationship uh, started with the marathon and 
marathons in general has been a huge part of, but I mean, it's a putting, organizing a marathon is a huge undertaking. We had um, six full-time employees, including John and me, that we worked on the event year round. And there's so much to do working with the city, promoting the event, traveling to other marathons to promote the event, um, advertising, merchandising, registration, sponsorship. Um, we worked together as a team to make it happen. And like John always used to say, uh, marathon week was better, was um, his favorite time of year, even more so than Christmas. It was like his Christmas week. So yeah, it was, a, it was a huge part of our life and I miss it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And especially since you said all the work that goes into it. So, I mean, a little bit more behind the scenes. I know as one marathon would wrap up, you're probably already thinking of the next one and uh, what t-shirt designs and medals to come up with. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the behind the scenes of wrapping up one and jumping into prepping for the next one? Yeah, there was definitely a lot of overlap because, you know, for instance, with the expo, you know, we would have to um, reserve um, the event center for several years in a row. Um, John would work with the city um, constantly. Um, we were always renewing contracts, you know, more than a year ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, now, was it hard to find like sponsors or did you have consistent sponsors year after year? Um, was that hard? Um, sometimes it was hard and sometimes it wasn't. We, um, we went through periods of having really great, strong sponsors. And then um, in like 2008 and 2009, uh, we did not have a title sponsor. Um, and uh, those, those two years were scary, but um, very rewarding because the event was a success and we survived and, you know, we didn't go bankrupt. So, I mean, it's always more secure to have a title sponsor, but we realized that it was possible to survive without a title sponsor. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, when did you run your first marathon and what was that experience like? Well, I, um, I moved to Asheville in um, late 2017 and John and I went down to REI to do some shopping and I was looking at the racks that has information on different events and uh, one of them caught my eye. It was called the Trailblaze Challenge and it's a fundraiser for Make-A-Wish and it's a 28 day I mean, sorry, 28 mile one day hike. Mm -hmm. And I decided, well, I don't know a lot of people here. I'm going to join and I'm gonna do this 28 mile hike. So I joined and 
I did the Trailblaze Challenge in June of 2018. Then I decided since I could do a 28 mile hike that a 26.2 mile marathon would be a piece of cake. <laughs> so uh, John and I go to Hawaii every, every year because that's where he's from and he runs the Honolulu Marathon. So I decided I was gonna run the Honolulu Marathon that year. And so that was my first marathon. And uh, I don't like running. I can hike and walk all day long, but I just don't like running. So um, I did a little bit of training, not as much as I should have, but um, I finished it and it took, um, it took me seven hours to finish it. Wow. And, um, and then my second one was in March, uh, called the Nagoya Women's Marathon in Japan. I cut about an hour off of my time and finished it in about six hours. And then I did um, Honolulu again in 2019. And those are the three marathons I've done so far. And um, I've, I've enjoyed it um, because I'm able to walk. I feel like if I had to run, I wouldn't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. So those three marathons, I've done a handful of half marathons and I, um, I also hiked in Scotland. I did the West Highland Way hike, which was a hundred mile hike. Um, I did that in 2019. Was it? Yeah, I think it was 2019. Um, and that was a lot of fun. We just walked straight up the West Highland Way. And that was an amazing experience. Now, did I hear you right? Did you say 100 miles in Scotland? Yes, 100 miles. That's crazy. (laughs) Well, we did it over seven days. And it was just, it was so much fun. It was a group of us. And we stayed at lodges every night. You know, Scotland was extremely rainy. So I had great waterproof pants and a great rain jacket. And the rain didn't really affect me because I, you know, had all this great equipment. So I was prepared and it was a very amazing experience. Mm, I bet it was. Uh, now, can you tell us about uh, your talks at uh, Global Running Summit? So um, when, when John and I did the Austin Marathon, we became very close friends with a family out of San Luis Potosi, Mexico. They, um, they have a marathon down there that they organize and we became very good friends with them. And um, Martha Morales, um, she, she's the race director down there and she, um, she is a, an officer with AIMS, which is Association of International Marathons. And she called us one day, this was a couple years ago, and she said, I'm looking for a female speaker to, um, to speak at our convention um, in Estonia, which used to be part of the Soviet Union. And um, so we were, you know, we gave her a few names and everything. And, uh, and she said, Stacy, I want you. 
And I was, I was like, no, you don't want me. I am not a public speaker. And she said, no, no, I want you. So I said, okay. And John and I worked on my speech and he helped me a lot. I, um, he's very comfortable at public speaking and I'm not as comfortable, but I um, worked and worked and worked on it. And I thought, you know, what a great experience. I'm going to be nervous for 45 minutes, but after it's done, I can enjoy this amazing city and this amazing country. So we went up there and I made my speech and I survived and um, I didn't make a fool of myself. <laughs> and so that was great. And then uh, this one other guy reached out to us and uh, he asked if I would come to Thailand to speak about um, increasing women participation in running events. And I said, sure. So I've done two international speaking engagements and um, I was supposed to go to China when COVID hit and that was canceled. So I don't know what's gonna happen with that, but. Uh, was that event in China also going to be with the Global Running Summit then? Um, yes. Okay. Uh, it was, yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Stacy, you have talked at different uh, summits about how race organizers can encourage and increase women to participate in races and marathons. Uh, so what advice would you have for women who are just about starting out or thinking about running a marathon? Um, first, I would tell them that it's a great idea. And I would also, I think I would um, cut it up into small chunks because uh, deciding to run a marathon could be very overwhelming. So I would tell them, you know, just start um, you know, join a, um, a training group or, you know, start training with friends and, you know, you don't have to run a three hour marathon your first time running. And if you run, you know, if you walk a 10 hour marathon, it's still amazing that you're getting out there and doing the distance mm -hmm. and don't be intimidated. Um, but I think that um, training groups are a really good way to um, to do that, and you you know you get the the peer support and people helping out each other and encouraging each other. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and then find which marathon you want to do, um, which city. Um, when when you can do it and just start making all those plans and it's just such an exciting adventure and especially when you arrive at the city and you go to the expo and you pick up your packet and you're you have your bib and your shirt and you think to yourself this is really happening. I'm really going to run a marathon and all these other thousands of people, you know, picking up their packets are doing the same thing as me. And we're all going to be out there together on race day. And we're all going to support each other. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I like that, you know, I like your advice of joining like a run group or, you know, just some sort of a group that will get you started rather than diving into it on your own, because sometimes you might think that you, you want to give it up, give up, you know, so yeah, yeah. And there's so, so much um, social media and so much technology that can help you. And, you know, you can post your workouts and people can, you know, encourage you or you can, you know, Strava, you can record your workouts on Strava and then people can, you know, comment on that. And yeah, the big, the fitness world, I love when, um, when athletes encourage each other. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I've seen in the past, like uh, some of the races where some of the top runners finish and then they just wait around to clap and encourage the rest of the runners. And that's such an awesome community to have. Right. Um, I try not to think that, um, you know, when I was doing my six hour marathon, that the leaders, um, they could have run the marathon at least twice before I finished one marathon. I try not to think that way because that's just not a good way to go. Um, but uh, another story I wanted to share is that I uh, went to Ironman in Kona, Hawaii. I didn't participate, but I went as a spectator. And um, the last hour from 11 at night to midnight, when um, the last finishers are coming in, everybody goes to the finish line, including all the athletes that have already finished to encourage the final athletes to come across. And the energy level was the most amazing thing I think I've ever experienced at a sporting event because everybody's there. They know that these athletes are tired and exhausted and probably near tears and everybody was out there at the finish line screaming and cheering and oh it was just it was amazing wow it just, it just gave me goosebumps even just think you know just listening to your story that is so wonderful to see that now um as a race organizer have you had like unexpected things happen at your marathons or you know uh a bad day or um, bad weather? You, as race organizers, you have to expect the unexpected. And I remember one year in Austin, was 2006, um, there was an ice storm. And um, I remember one of the guys on our staff was driving around to every Lowe's and just getting, buying as much salt and sand as they could to put on the roads because uh, the roads were so slippery and it was so cold it was in the 20s and it was you know sleeting and hailing and everything and you just um you have to have contingency plans for when that happens and the organizing team meets you know months at a time to come up with scenarios. Well, if this happens and this is what we do. And um, there was, I could go on and on with stories forever about what happened. But I remember at the Pittsburgh marathon, somebody had thrown away a microwave 
and the microwave was like on the sidewalk or something and, and people thought it was a bomb. So they had to reroute the runners while they went and checked to see, you know, if it was a bomb or not. And um, every, every marathon has just insane stories about stuff like that. There was a one year in Austin, I don't remember which year, but all these birds started dying in this one particular area in downtown Austin, right by the finish line. And we thought, what is going on? So we had to investigate what that was. And it turned out to, um, I don't even remember why, but it, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a natural thing. Um, so we were able to hold the event, but we were very concerned for these birds and, you know, would anything happen to our runners? And it turned out okay, but. Yeah, wow, expect the unexpected, huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, you know, you've had, or you have had the world-class runners come to your marathons and uh, do you have to do anything with the elite runners? Is it something, you know, do they get to get a start ahead of the rest of them? Yes. Um, we would have a hospitality suite. We, um, we feed them, we transport them. We had an entire elite athlete team that just focused on taking care of them. We um, would pay for their hotel rooms. We would sometimes fly them in. Um, we would drive, pick them up at the airport, drop them off at the back of the airport. Um, just, you know, like carry their, their gear around for them while they were running. Yeah, they, they were just absolutely treated like rock stars. And some of them appreciated it and some of them, you know, kind of expected it. So anyway, it was, it was a, a lot of work and mostly rewarding and sometimes a little frustrating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, and all the travel you got to do with that to attend different expos and was there any favorite expo that you went to around not just United States around the world that you that stands out oh wow I've been to so many so many and they're all different sizes you know um I remember like the Lake Tahoe marathon it's pretty small so the expo was really small um, but it was, you know, it was in Lake Tahoe. And then um, the Chicago Marathon, that expo is huge, huge. Um, but it was fun because you get to see friends and, you know, it's like a, a reunion. Um, the Houston Marathon was a lot of fun to go to because we had so many friends with the organization. Um, yeah. I've been to the Berlin Marathon and the Tokyo Marathon, and um, it's I've been all over. Yeah, yeah, wow. So much fun to have all those memories and stories, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I should write a book. You totally should. <laughs> now, I know we could go on and on with all the stories, but uh, we have to kind of start wrapping up. So we always like to ask our podcast guests uh, what their favorite 
yoga pose or Pilates poses or, you know, any type of exercise that's your most favorite and why you like to do it. Okay, well, I would have to say my favorite pose or my favorite thing to do is I love doing planks. And um, it's, it's challenging, it's good for your whole body, and it just feels really good to do it. And I remember when I first started with my first personal trainer, there was another trainer at the gym, and he did a plank for about 12 minutes. And at that time, I didn't think it was such a big deal. But when you actually try to do it, I mean, anyone starting out doing a plank, if they could do it for a minute, it's amazing. And this guy did it for 12. And then I remember seeing the world record for somebody holding a plank is like, I don't know, something crazy, like eight hours. Wow. But um, I really like planking. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's your longest time? Oh, probably two and a half minutes, maybe three minutes. I probably not even that long, but yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I don't think I can hold it even a minute, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Stacey. Thank you for coming on our podcast and for sharing your story with us. And thank you everyone for listening and watch out. She might be having a book coming out soon. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me, Vanita. This was very enjoyable. Thank you.